New 14-inch M1X MacBook Pro. New 16-inch M1X MacBook Pro. New M1X Mac Mini Pro. New M1X iMac Pro. New M2 MacBook Air. New M2 MacBook Pro. So many new Macs, but also some weird confusion and some legit concerns. So let's do this. Sponsored by CuriosityStream with Nebula. I'm breaking down all the news so you can better decide to buy now or wait for what's next. So hit that subscribe button and bell and we can build the best community in tech together. Mark Gurman, back again, reporting for Bloomberg. Redesigned MacBook Pros are expected to debut as soon as early this summer. And that just makes the kind of sense that does because while WWDC, which this year takes place on June 7th, is mostly a software event, mostly, it has been a showcase for pro-level hardware for a long time. In 2019, we got the debut of the new Mac Pro. In 2017, we got the new MacBooks Pro, the new iMac, the debut of the iMac Pro, the iPads Pro, the HomePod, just so much hardware. So it's always possible that Apple will do a repeat of that with either you know a couple pieces of hardware or just all the hardware. Apple plans to launch the redesigned MacBook Pros in 14-inch and 16-inch screen sizes with a redesigned chassis. And yeah, again, just all the sense that does. Apple took the 15-inch MacBook Pro and, you know it, Thanos snapped those bezels back in November of 2019, turned it into the uh, 16-inch MacBook Pro, but it was still running, still is running Intel. So moving that over to the M-Series platform, total logical next step, as is applying that same sort of bezel reduction to the 13-inch, taking it to 14-inch, and then applying whatever next generation design language, the current Apple retro future chic iPad Pro style design language to the MacBook Pro line, the way they've been doing just every other line seems inevitable. Also magnetic MagSafe charger. And yeah, Apple just seems all in on MagSafe style uh, charging technology now. After eliminating it with the 2015 MacBook and then the 2016 MacBook Pro, they've brought it to everything, including the iPhone last year with the iPhone 12 and now the new M1 uh, iMac as well. And I have sort of mixed feelings about this, which I'll get to in a hot minute. But the biggest question I have is whether it's going to also have a charging brick that accepts Ethernet and transits that over the MagSafe cable to the MacBook Pro, thereby giving it even more built-in, quasi-built-in ports than has been rumored for the chassis itself. More ports for connecting external drives and devices, including more Thunderbolt ports. And that's because the current M1 Macs are limited to two onboard Thunderbolt drivers, which give them, whether it's the MacBook Air or the iMac or the Mac Mini, give them two full-speed Thunderbolt ports. And most recently with the iMac, they've managed to surface two more USB 3 non-Thunderbolt ports, but really to meet, to match what they had previously on the Intel models, which was four on the MacBook Pro, the higher end MacBook Pro models, as well as the Mac Mini, the iMac, all of that. They're going to have to have a version of the M-series chip with just more onboard Thunderbolt controllers. And this sounds like it's just exactly that, but maybe, just maybe with a catch. Apple is also bringing back the HDMI port and SD card slot. And here's where a lot of my mixed feelings and some of my concerns start to surface because what other rumors are saying is that we're gonna end up getting a total of three USB 4 slash Thunderbolt 3 ports on these new MacBook Pros. And three, you know, carry the one, divide by zero is less than the four we had on the previous models. And that means it, it is a net loss because you can take the USB 4 ports, and you can put an HDMI dongle on it, pretty much anything you want, and turn them into any port that you want. 
but you can't take uh, a MagSafe, or you probably can't take a MagSafe. You absolutely can't take an SD card slot or an HDMI port, put a dongle on them and use them as extra USB Type-C or Type-A ports. You know, maybe it's even beyond uh, fan service and it's really just differentiation in an age where every one of these MacBooks is now running Apple Silicon and the difference between Intel's M series and their U series evaporates. Uh, Having extra ports in and of itself becomes important differentiation for Apple's MacBook Air versus MacBook Pro versus higher-end MacBook Pro lineup. For the new MacBook Pros, Apple is planning two different chips. Both include eight high-performance cores and two energy efficiency cores for a total of 10, but we offered in either 16 or 32 graphics core variations. And this is what we've been talking about for a long time, an M1X, so to speak, the way Apple used to have an A12 and then an A12X, as in extra cores. So basically, every single core has the same level of performance. There is just more massively multi-core versions of of those. But I'd argue for a lot of pros, it's not going to be about the multi-core workflows at all, but about the extra ports that we just talked about before. And of course, steps up in RAM and SSD capacity that we might get along with them, which is, of course, up next. The chips also include up to 64 gigabytes of memory versus a maximum of 16 on the M1. And that just brings them to parity with what we have now on the Intel MacBook Pros, the higher-end MacBook Pros, which is up to 32 on the smaller one and up to 64 on the larger one. So I'm just curious to see if Apple keeps that or if both of them will get the capacity to go to 64 gigabytes of RAM. They'll have an improved neural engine which possesses machine learning tasks. And that's a little unclear to me. Like, does that mean a next-generation neural engine, which I honestly wouldn't expect to see until the A15 and M2 come out? Or does it just mean more cores in the neural engine the way there's more cores in the CPU and the GPU? And I think that's probably far more likely at this point. Apple will stick to the same 11th generation silicon and just, you know, add more of it. Apple has also been working on a more powerful version of the Mac Mini with the same chips as the next MacBook Pro. You know, I think the minute we had that November event last year and Apple put the M1 Mac Mini in silver and kept the space gray version, the Intel space gray version in the lineup, you just had to assume that that would be replaced with an M-series Mac Mini as well. And this chipset and the amount of ports and memory that it allows will let Apple fully replace that space gray Intel Mac Mini with a space gray, much higher capacity, much higher spec M1X uh, Mac Mini, quote-unquote, Pro. And a larger iMac. And this is just identical to the Mac Mini. When the 24-inch M1 iMac came out, Apple kept the 27-inch Intel iMac on the, in the production line, on the shelves, leaving space to slot the more serious, more multi-core, higher RAM, higher SSD models right in above them. So, you know, in this case, a 30 to 32-inch, probably silver, would they call it an iMac Pro space gray model as well? A redesigned Mac Pro is planned to come in at 20 or 40 computing core variations made up of 16 high-performance or 32 high-performance cores and four or eight high-efficiency cores. The chips would also include either 64 cores or 128 core options for graphics. And this just highlights another benefit of the M series, where on the MacBook Air and entry-level MacBook Pro, the efficiency allows for just ridiculous uh, battery life, you know, 15, 17, 20 hours of battery life. And on the iMac, it allows for that ridiculously thin new design On a Mac Pro, it's going to allow for a ridiculous number of cores in something even smaller than the current Mac Pro. Just the ability to scale those core numbers up and up because they're not pulling per core. They're not pulling anywhere nearly 
as many watts or generating anywhere nearly as much heat as an Intel Xeon CPU, never mind the sort of 300 watts we're getting with current generation uh, Navi 2 or Ampere graphics cards from AMD and NVIDIA. And I am super, super curious to see how well the M-series scales when you start getting to those massively multi-core levels. For a redesigned higher-end MacBook Air planned for as early as the end of the year, Apple is planning a direct successor to the M1 processor, which will include the same number of computing cores as the M1, but run faster. It will also see the number of graphics cores increase from seven or eight to nine or 10. Apple is also planning an update to the low-end 13-inch MacBook Pro with that same chip. And I've done a whole video on this already explaining the difference between M1X and M2. Basically, M1X is an extension, extra cores on the same 11th generation Apple Silicon, the Apple Silicon in the A14 Bionic and the M1 chipset, where M2 will be the next generation, 12th generation Apple Silicon, the same as the A15 that we're expecting in the iPhone 12S or iPhone 13 this September, which will have architectural improvements, could see higher frequencies, could see ARM V9 instruction sets, could see other things that just continue to optimize both the performance and the efficiency. But the M2 itself would be a replacement for the M1. It would be a better version of Apple's ultra-low power entry-level processor. And then at some point, we might see an M2X for the next generation of higher-end MacBook Pros and higher-end iMacs. And I know it's confusing, and Apple could always play with the names. Like instead of M1X, they could just call it X1. There's various, these are at the end of the day, marketing names, and Apple will pick the name that they think is best to sell those products and make them understandable, to differentiate them in the minds of consumers. Now, it's entirely possible that there'll be one more Intel Mac thing as well, but that's a real tangent. So I'll save that for the nebula cut of this video, where I don't have to worry about YouTube view durations or retention or views per viewer or any of that stuff. And where I put all my videos ad-free, sponsor-free, and many of them with extended bonus content, sometimes twice or three times as long, like event reactions, interviews, explainers, collabs, and more. And you can get a Nebula subscription bundled in for free when you sign up to curiositystream.com slash Renee or just click that link in the description. And right now, today, that bundle is 26% off, less than 15 bucks a year, less than the price of one of those fancy cocktails for access to their thousands of amazing documentaries and series like Cosmic Encounters, filmed in space by the astronauts of the International Space Station, as well as all the ad-free and often extended videos on Nebula from MKBHD, Tech Alter, Jordan Harrod, Ali Abdal, Real Science, and so many more for over 26% off, less than $15 a year. Just click the link in the description or go to crossystream.com slash Renee It really helps out this channel. Hit the playlist above for more on the upcoming M1X and M2 Max and what the differences between them really will turn out to be. Just hit that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.